0: Welcome to Start Disrupting, where we're celebrating the innovators, the creatives that are making positive change in our ecosystem. My guest today is Amy Ankrum. She is a force of nature. Uh, her company Qualtrax, was recently acquired and the show is fantastic today. She talks through a lot of leadership philosophy, her perspective on diversity of teams, as well as what it takes to really give a technology company identity and be successful in the market. We're excited to have Amy uh, on our show today, and we're also excited to be announcing more opportunity for student teams through the Global Case Challenge. Stay tuned for additional announcements on that coming up after the show. But for now, let's start.
1: Thank you, Brett, and thanks for the really kind introduction. I'm excited to be here talking with you. Uh, yes, as you say, we go back a really long way, uh, and I certainly learned a lot from you early in my career. Um, I couldn't be more excited about this new opportunity for Qualtrics uh, with the acquisition. It's a real win for our team and our customers and our region here, so really excited to talk with you today about it.
0: Congratulations again. That's big news, and and I think it, it really must feel great to see something that you've taken and given so much shape and direction to uh, reach this pinnacle. So, you know, I'm, I, you and I both have have a lot of familiarity with Qualtracks that, that goes back a long time. For those of you who are not familiar with Qualtracks, a software company focusing primarily on compliance around highly regulated industries, and um, which is something that took a lot of shaping and strategy to, to figure out the traction needed to make it successful. And, um, you know, I, I like to think about Qualtrax as a, an overnight success 20 years in the making. So Amy, tell me a little bit about what you did, because what's most notable about your impact on Qualtracks is your ability to give it a unique identity and your ability to to build a team to lead with that vision and that identity to really put the company on the map.
1: Well, thank you. I think it, it certainly, as you said, it takes a team to to do, I think, what we've done and get where where we are today with Qualtracks. Um, and yes, we've been around for quite a long time. I think it's it's been a real evolution. Uh, I would say, you know, when I came into Qualtrax and began leading the team, uh, we were really at a place where Uh, I think we had a a very talented team that just needed to be, have their voices heard. I spent a lot of time listening early on um, about, you know, the things that they felt needed to be happening in our organization for growth and helping put those those ideas into action. Uh, I think in addition to just, as I said, listening to the talented team there, uh, it was really, I started to realize early on that something we were missing most was purpose. Um, we had a we had a great team. We had a great product, but we just really not spent time cultivating why we do what we do at qualtrax And, um, you know, I, I think I got some good advice uh, in, in my career. Your your business, your purpose can't be about making money. It's certainly an important part of your business. Right. But that can't be what fuels people to come and show up every day and put their heart and soul into something. Uh, so at Qualtracks, I think we really spent time um, listening to our customers and pulling out their stories about these very important organizations that we're serving, the work that they're doing that's impacting people's lives daily, um, and just bringing that to life that our software is mission-critical and is mission-critical technology for them. And I think that's when I really started to see the heart of Qualtracks come through and um, and I will say that once we really got the purpose defined uh, that's um, we started to really talk about, well, what are the core values around this organization, because it's like, okay, we've got a, we've got a real clear purpose and who we're serving, how do we continue to find people Um that believe in this purpose and fulfilling it. And so we started to draw out what are the traits of the team that we have. And that led to the development of a really clear core value set uh, that I think has just served us so well in our growth journey and who, who we hire and add to our team.
0: Yeah. I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense and it's exactly on. And I think there's more cases like this in technology business than people think because Qualtrics as a product, as a technology was born out of an internal need to organize, you know, back in the day, organize CCS's ISO 9000 strategy. So the technology and the usefulness of the product was really never in question. It was really more a matter of taking this out and giving it its own identity meant, okay, what does this mean? So, you know, the, a lot of people focus so much on the technology and making the product work and being so product centric that they miss the, the, chance to think about the purpose of the organization. And I love the fact that you frame it that way. And and that was really the the pivot or the turning point for you.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, again, like you said, compliance software is is super critical. But when you think about it, compliance doesn't sound very fun, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think uh, as we pull it together, though, our team has just really been able to rally behind this because of who we're helping and what a difference it makes.
0: Well, when I, I think about your impact on Qualtracks and fun actually comes into mind because you have such a cool team spirit, you, you really have focused so much and it's just so obvious on your leadership and cultivating the talent and the culture. I mean, we, we talk a lot about culture here and the impact of the CRC, uh, you know, the leadership that we have around here in the culture of our region in building teams, supporting each other. And you know we we don't all win all the time. So when we have failures, our teams, our culture comes together, and, and we're very resilient and durable around those. So um, you know your your passion for creating these effective teams is is really in my mind what's what's most notable. Explain your leadership philosophy, because I think you stand out among the region of those who quietly but very effectively put teams together, make them productive. What's your philosophy on leadership around that?
1: Well, I had to think about that a little bit uh, because I don't know if it's a philosophy as much as I can tell you kind of where I focus my time and energy. And I would assume you would probably translate that into into my philosophy. But I, I think for me, I've really seen it as starting with needing to hire and retain great people that are aligned on a common purpose and excited to fulfill that purpose. So that's kind of at the high level Where I spend a lot of my time is making sure we we find and and retain these wonderful, talented team members we have that get aligned on our purpose and want to fulfill it. I think that our our philosophy around hiring is that we're hiring top performers. So, you know, we really do focus on folks that are driven to to get the results that we're excited about. Uh, They embrace our core value set. Uh, And I think that's allowed us to create a very empowered team. Because um, I think when you have folks like that, that are, that are driven um, and they're loving what they're doing, uh, they're going to always go that extra mile. And I think that's just allowed us to to create, I think, a lot of freedom in how we work. And I think it's allowed people to see that the things they do on a daily basis really do move the dial at Qualtracs. Um, I think in terms of the common purpose and getting people excited, to me, it all comes down to communication and transparency. It's something I'm always working on uh, professionally and personally. Um, (laughs) But I do think that it makes a world of difference in uh, how you lead and, and, and how you see your teams come together. Um, So for me, communication is a lot about listening and asking questions um, of my team, of our partners, of our customers. Uh, And I think that's allowed us to really um, get clarity on what's important, where we want to adjust uh in our approach to things. And ultimately, like I said, that kind of leads to, to transparency uh, in that we are actively communicating where we're going as a business, why we're focused on certain things, um, you know, where we think we can be doing better. Uh, and I do see that the more we communicate transparently, uh, our team feels like they understand the strategy. They're a part of building that strategy uh, and they get very excited about achieving uh, the path that we've set.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important, especially because when I think about some of the best leaders we've had in the area, you know, you and I both have had mentors that um, really embody that, and and they've never been afraid to have the hard conversations, but they've always made it very diplomatic. They've always made you, f- even if it's had to have been a hard conversation, you do it in a way where you're, you're still building that person and instead of having a hard conversation and tearing someone down you do it in a way where you can show someone their weakness and then help them get on a path of growth and you know so many people think about they they underrate communication skills as it relates to building up character or building talent and you have to have those hard conversations you have to be clear and transparent and at the same time Every opportunity is a chance for growing your talent.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think we we've also found there's so many ways you need to be communicating. One channel, one vehicle is not enough. So you know, we're mm-hmm. continually finding ways to to connect with the team. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's made all the difference. And like I said, getting those top performers that then obviously are very critical to what we're creating and growing.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. So thinking about high performance, you know, teams are are becoming more diverse these days. So, you know, this increase in diversity, this increase in, you know, bringing for any anyone coming into the talent pool these days. Um, you know, and thinking obviously in the in the spirit of Women's History Month and what we're doing to just continue to give opportunity and help build more diversity in our team. So, Tell me a little bit about how you've seen the impact of some of these barriers coming down and how has team performance and talent changed in this in this environment now?
1: Yeah, I would probably start by saying I think like a lot of um, people in organizations over the past year, we realized we could be doing more to create even more diversity in our organization. So I'll just acknowledge that, that I think that's something that uh, I think it's been a real benefit of, of the things this past year um, that we see the need to continue to, to you know, improve our organization um, and how we go about even just recruiting talent to the business. Um, but I guess I'll just just say for us, diversity, I think it, it takes a lot of different forms in the, in the team, but it has absolutely allowed us to uh, create new um, ways of approaching a uh, you know, challenges in the business. I think we see a lot of new learning come out. Every time we add different types of talent to our different teams, it's exciting to see uh, the, the new learning come about. Uh, we celebrate new things. Um, I'll have to say that one of the things I'm most excited about um, with joining the IdeaGen uh, organization uh, is that now we're becoming part of a global organization with over 700 employees um, uh, all around the world. And I think it's gonna give us the ability to just you know, significantly increase the diversity of our teams. And now you know, we have groups that are facing the same types of challenges. Just take customer support and service as an example. I think it's gonna be so eye-opening to see how these different uh, teams in different parts of the world Uh, approach similar problems and how we kind of come together and create new value from that, I think is going to be uh, very exciting and a game changer because it is a very competitive space that we're in. Uh, So I think if you're not driving diversity in your business, you're going to find yourself uh, behind.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's interesting though. You know, you say that IdeaGen opens up opportunities for, you know, international exposure to this but what you've done to set the tone for your company to receive that opportunity is it shouldn't be dismissed you know like you've prepared your team for this opportunity where other companies may have this as an opportunity but then over time you lose that culture so it, it sounds like this acquisition has been a good culture fit and you've mm-hmm. actually really prepared through your leadership philosophy your company and your team to be receptive to that international and diverse perspective. And so, you know, it works both ways, in my opinion. I'm I'm observing that not everyone could take advantage of the opportunity you've been given now without having done the work beforehand.
1: Well, thank you. And I, I will say, yes, we've definitely focused on, like I said, hiring top performers. I think having the region that we're in, uh, with the different universities that we've been able to work with, I think that has had a lot to do with the wonderful talent pool we've had, and has yielded, as you said, very diverse, different types of um, backgrounds coming into Qualtrics.
0: How should other business leaders who are, you know, really trying to increase diversity of their team, or just take advantage of the opportunities that? You know more exposure like this—the creativity, the curiosity, the passion—that comes from from the different groups. How, how should business leaders think about it, uh, and what kind of advice do you have for them?
1: Well, I think that what I've seen really effective in our organization is that people come into our business and they see opportunity because they see all different you know kinds of people in different level of roles. Um, I think, you know, part of what you've talked about is Women in History Month, and we have a significant amount of women in leadership roles at Qualtracks, Uh, and so I think that part of what um, I would say is that, you know, seeing it in action, I think, is what attracts talent to our business and uh, enables people to come in and see, hey, there is opportunity to grow here and really stretch myself outside of my comfort zone to do yep. different things.
0: Talent is a war. And, and what, what you just said about a new recruit coming in and seeing the vibe of your culture and wanting to be part of that, uh, that increases your odds of picking up that person. Software, software talent is, is brutally competitive, as you know. And so if you're a business leader that doesn't have that vibe or culture in your company, you're going to lose that recruit because they're going to go to Amy's company. And so, you know, that's from my perspective, if you're not keeping up with creating a culture that people want to be part of and has endless opportunities without any kind of barriers perceived, um, you know, you're, you're falling behind.
1: We do. We spend a lot of time at Qualtracks, focused on culture and, I think it's always been important at Qualtrics that we don't protect our culture, but rather we build upon it. So as we've grown and added new talent, we've really seen that culture just continue to be fueled again by people that are really wanting to be in empowered roles. They're wanting to see their daily impact. Uh, They're wanting to work around other people that are driven uh, to get results and that enjoy what they're doing. So um, we, we find a lot of ways to yeah, enjoy each other's company as well. I think that's a, that's a big piece of this.
0: It's, it's very observable. And like you said, when somebody comes in through either an interview or, you know, they're visiting or what have you, you're going to see that people pick up on that. And it's not just one thing. It's, it's really, it really does embody sort of that whole building of the culture. So I want to shift gears a little bit. So at the CRC here, we've got 227 technology companies. We're doing everything from biotech to software Uh, autonomous vehicles. And we are just so lucky to have you on our board of directors. And people really are looking up to you, Amy, to see, you know, what, as they think about starting their company, their first company, and, you know, an entrepreneur maybe coming out of the university or perhaps uh, there, there's someone in an organization. There, there's the next sort of Qualtrac spin out opportunity sitting out there. What kind of advice do you have for young investigators or young entrepreneurs thinking about really taking on a big challenge like what you did? And you know, how do you think about helping them start to shape the trajectory of their their path?
1: I think my very first advice is to find mentors. Uh, I think you mentioned mentors earlier in the conversation, Brett, and, you know, I think you were one of those for me. Uh, and I know I've, I've had many throughout my career. Um, I think that was one of the best things I ever did was go and seek out leaders, uh, that would just engage with me and talk with me about, what they did in their organization, some of the challenges they faced, how they, how they walked through those, um, I think I was always surprised that um, you know it was it was a little unnerving sometimes to reach out to folks that have been very, very successful, but I couldn't encourage you more to do that. I think every time I found people who were very willing to give me some time, offer advice, and then and connect me with others. And that really helped to grow a network over time. So finding mentors, being proactive in that. I would also say invest in your own growth. Um, That was something that, you know, I really took to heart. Uh, Again, some advice from a mentor was, hey, go get a leadership coach. And it was not anything I'd ever really thought about before. Um, But I'll be honest, it made a world of difference uh, for me. uh, And just getting comfortable, finding mentors, uh, being proactive in that. I would also say invest in your own growth. That was something that, you know, I really took to heart. Uh, again, some advice from a mentor was, Hey, go get a leadership coach. And it was not anything I'd ever really thought about before. Um, but I'll be honest, it made a world of difference, uh, for me, uh, and just getting comfortable, uh, that there were going to be people uncomfortable with me in this role <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, how, I led through that and how I became confident in what I was doing and how I talked about communication and transparency. I think those are things I continually work on today as part of my leadership development. So, you know, really investing in your own growth, I think is critical. Um, And then lastly, I would say to young entrepreneurs uh, with your, with your ideas is make sure you're talking, talking to your markets, um, talk to your customers I spend as much time as I spend with my team. I also spend it out in, in the industries. Uh, and I have found over and over again that you think you know the problem you're solving. <laughs> but until you're really talking to the people that you're helping, um, you, know, you, you, could be, you could be off. So I, I've, I've learned every time I go and talk to a customer or go visit with them, I walk away with a new, better understanding of what we need to be doing in our organization.
0: Yeah, that, I think that's really important and we touched on that right up at the beginning. You did a lot of work to help Qualtrics identify who it was and and a lot of that was the market work. You know, there's it, it was so applicable in so many different markets that I think for a lot of years people who tried to figure Qualtrics out as a business unit struggled because they were going everywhere and and you know, your identity also you, know, you created the identity out of the definition of the markets and who, who can best benefit. And so your connection with the, the market and the customer and the value that your product brings to the customer was a big part of that identity and that, that sort of compliance message. And then ultimately, having the, having the strength to be able to say no to a lot of things because you had limited resources. And so you you had to focus, and you had to get in tune with the market that was really going to get you where you wanted to go.
1: Absolutely, uh, yes. You're you're always having to focus in on what what are you going to be. You can't be everything to everyone. Uh, and I think, it, like you said, it goes back to that whole purpose uh, piece because you've got to continually be connecting to that purpose and what you're doing and who you're serving. And I think this is yeah, another way uh, that occurs. is just getting out into industry and talking to the people.
0: Absolutely. Well, Amy, it has been an absolute pleasure. I'm so grateful that you had some time. I know you've got an incredibly busy schedule these days, uh, integrating the teams and, and we're glad to hear that you're sticking around. We're glad to hear that you intend to grow the team here and um, we wish you nothing but great success. You've got all support and resources that you need here. And, um, you're, and you're just an inspiration, I think, for local business leaders. And we're, we're grateful to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thank you, Brad. And I, I appreciate the opportunity. And I'm very excited to be part of the CRC community and what you're building there. It's very exciting.
0: Well, stay tuned. We've got a lot of interesting programs, as you know, and, and you're you know as i've taken on this role and thought to give new shape and direction and uh, identity to the crc your uh, your role in helping us do that is very much appreciated let me wrap up here so in collaboration with virginia tech the global case challenge will provide present a student team with $40,000 during game changer week so 40 grand for the winning student team who will be participating on in the global case challenge uh, our challenge is going to be hosted uh, August 23rd through the 27th as part of what we're putting on is Game Changer Week. We are uh, celebrating the entrepreneurs, the disruptors in a uh, regional event. The CRC is, is really hosting a regional event that will bring uh, all kinds of interesting entrepreneurs, technologies, investors together. Um, the, the student Global Case Challenge will provide an opportunity for student teams to be Working on, we've got one of four different projects coming from Cell Inc., Carilion Clinic, Calden Technologies, and the Virginia Tech Transportation Institute. So thanks again to our guest, Amy Ankrum from Qualtrax and her success recently. And uh, until next time, I'm Brett Malone from the CRC and start disrupting.